the uh, Sunday between Christmas and New Year's is always kind of a weird Sunday because it's, you know, right in between what was and what is not yet. Uh, it's New Year's Eve, and so we're not, we're not there yet. We're not in 2024 yet. People are still kind of on vacation and traveling in, the, in, that, in that mode, and uh, totally, totally get that because uh, it happens every year, just, just like this. And every year, I can tell that I'm getting a little bit older because every year I'll say, you know, oh man, I can't believe it's already going to be a new year. You know, you, say, you find yourself repeating the same thing over and over again. And yes, yet it happens every single year, right? That's the one thing that we know that's going to be constant is it always changes. <laughs> and there's always going to be new, a new year coming. And so, yep, here, here it is again, and we're ready for it. May, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, one of the things that's consistent through our lives is that there's always, there's always change. And sometimes we're a little bit more prepped for change uh, than we are other times. And I don't know, some of you are, are a little bit more gung-ho. You're like, oh, it's a new year. Like it's brand new starts, everything. That's great. Can't wait. Some of you are like, oh man, we got to do this again. <laughs> you know, here, here it comes. And uh, I don't know if I'm ready, ready for it. There are countless changes that we go through that change everything. And it happens consistently through our life. So, uh, we, you know, whether it's married or getting married or having kids or getting a dog or, you know, maybe there's been a relationship change or you have a new job or maybe you got laid off from a job or retirement or maybe you got a dog. Um, maybe you have health concerns or dealing with, you know, a loved one having, having issues uh, with addiction or, or maybe somebody passed away and those things are never going to be the same again. Uh, maybe you moved. Maybe you've had, uh, I don't know, something happened in your life. Like may, maybe you got a dog. Um, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I'm, I'm not sure um, why. Actually, I, I do know why. Uh, so we, we got a dog. And um, so I, I didn't want to, like, show the ki- you know, throw the kids up there because they're like, oh, you talk about us. But uh, so that's, that's our brand-new dog. And uh, so that's going great. Uh, right, honey? <laughs> so um, I heard maybe things this morning were a little bit more difficult without Daddy around to, to help, but uh, that's all right. You know, uh, we're, we're ready for it. Like, we planned ahead, and we, we knew it was coming, and so we're ready for this change. doesn't make it any less exhausting, necessarily, though. And sometimes when, um, I, don't, I don't know, the way that we approach change, even though it happens all the time, you know, that, that kind of determines how we're going to experience that change. It, it all has to do with how we're thinking about it, how we're going into it, how well we're, prepa- we're, you know, we're prepared for, for those kinds of things. And I know you've found yourself in the same position I have, too. Sometimes I just, I know I haven't done anything physically exhausting yet. I can just be mentally just wiped out, and I need a nap. And sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is take a nap, you know? Um, but some of that has everything to do with how I'm dealing with the things that are going around, around me. A lot of us, sometimes we approach changes, things that are happen different in our, differently in our lives, and we approach it generally in two ways. One, we just want to get past it. It's like, okay, once we get through this, everything will be fine. Once we, you know, house, house train the, the dog, you know, every, everything will be good. And then once the dog starts chewing things, you know, everything will be fine. You, you know, you try to get past it. Or you remember those days in the past where things were a little bit different. Oh, did you remember when we didn't have to wake up and take the puppy for a walk when it was 30 degrees? You know, you know that kind of thing. So we look backwards. But there's a way, way different way to think about these types of changes uh, that will help us transition uh, just from kind of getting by or being exhausted to actually building up our faith and being who God has called us to be. When things change, we just require new thinking, but that ne- new thinking has to be based on foundational truth, the things that never change. In the letter to the Colossians written by Paul uh, in Colossians chapter 3, while Paul's in prison, he writes to this congregation of believers in the town of Colossae to encourage them on how to remain anchored in their faith in Jesus. 
Even if Paul, who has taught them and has discipled them, he's finding himself in prison. They're not sure, you know, what's going going to happen next. The church isn't being treated very well by the culture around them. They had plenty of different influences where they live, pulling them in all kinds of different directions. Um, Not the least of which were the things that they had done and been done to them in their past before Jesus. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, if you have your Bible, you can turn to that this morning. Paul reminds them of the foundational truth from which every other part of their lives should be, should be anchored onto, should, should share as a foundation. He says, since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. In other words, for the disciple of Jesus, when we come against change and we recognize that maybe our normal has to be different than we want it to be or we expected it to be, um, even the idea of what we find to be normal is challenged by Paul. The new life that we enter into as believers and followers of Jesus provides the one change through which all of life is filtered. I mean, we really, as Christians, as people who've said yes to Jesus, if, if we have, we should be the most prepped for things to be different in our lives than any, anybody else. Our normal thinking, our normal approach to whatever happens in life is that our hearts and minds are guided by what is eternally true instead of what is only temporarily true. You know, uh, the difference being when we think like this, you know, or, or maybe uh, you found yourself, oh, this is just, it is what it is, you know, I, I've, I've said that before. I, I, hate that, I hate that phrase. Of course it is what it is. Uh, or this is just how it's going to be. Or this is just how I am. Or I just wish things could go back the way that they were. Those are not normal trains of thought for believers in Jesus. That, that's, that's not normal for people who've been changed by Christ. Uh, here's some normal ways of thinking. Um, despite what's going on, you know, God has called me to be like Jesus. Um, this is what God has told me to do, how to be consistent no matter what else is happening around in my life. God is teaching me how to think the way that he does, and that's a different conception, a different worldview than what may seem normal around me. Those are normal thoughts, normal approaches for followers of Jesus. And more often than not, they're, they're counter to the normal thoughts and reactions of our past and the culture around us. And, and listen, I you know, as we continue to talk through this, I'm not saying that I have all of this down and that I handle everything perfectly in my life because of Jesus. No, I, I still, I st- still got to work on that. Uh, no perfect people, no perfect people allowed. Um, you're in good company if, if you're like me and don't have this down pat. What it does, though, is it sets the mark that we're striving for so we can recognize the image of God that is supposed to be reflected in our hearts and minds in our lives through Jesus and is sustained by the Holy Spirit. This is why Paul gets really personal as he continues in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whatever's in the past, whatever's, you know, whatever's back there, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. All the things that used to separate us before, all the things that used 
to keep us from the changed life that we're meant to live through Jesus before, those, those things have been done away with. The resurrection of Jesus changes our concept of what it even means to be human and how to live out the life that God created us to experience and to live. It's a renewed knowledge uh, that we're told to have our minds set on. And this is why Paul says, hey, don't, don't get caught up in the past. Don't get caught up in the things in the way that they used to be or just how it is or this is just what's going to happen. This is just how I am. But consider what Jesus has changed in your life. Being created in the image of God means that we look forward to who we will become when we are with God in paradise. But it also means live now how you're looking forward to being then. It's a lot like making the decision to put on pants in the morning. Um, like I'm, I'm really glad that, that we all did that this morning because we prepped for what was coming later today, and that's being, being together, you know? Um, nightmares are a little bit different. Uh, they often don't involve pants in front of large crowds of people or small crowds of people. Uh, making your bed, taking a shower, like you should put, probably take a shower um, at some point in your life to prep to be around other people. It's just generally a good idea. Some of the natural habits that we fall into now, uh, we might not be all that great when we have to break them then. And so the change that we go through through Jesus, that is, that is how we filter through all the changes that we experience in this life. While change often reveals character, there's also an opportunity to improve that character. And with a new year swiftly approaching, maybe you've noticed some things about yourself that you want to change. I don't know, maybe, maybe you got a gym membership or maybe, you know, somebody that loves you got you a gym membership. I don't, I don't know how that works. I, that that, uh, uh, that's, uh, I think it's a nice thing to do, though. Or maybe you know some things about your family members, uh, some idiosyncrasies about them, annoyances that you would hope that they would resolve to change in the new year. Um, I can think of a puppy this certainly applies to. You know, I hope there are going to be some things that are, that are different. Uh, but I also know that the time for that, to, for that change to happen, like I, I've got I've to make some changes on, on uh, some things that I know to be true that, that I know that if I do those things and I put forth the effort, man, the, the payoff down the road is going to be so much better. Maybe there are some more serious things in your life that you're facing as a result of the circumstance and the changes that you find yourself in. As you navigate that, be reminded and encouraged by Paul's description of what drives how we approach change in life. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, this is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He makes a huge contrast between how things were versus who we're called to be, the change that Jesus has made. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish, admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And if I could think of one way to approach a new year, another change, you know, this would be the way that I would want to approach it. It's what we're called to. Uh, not, not driven by, you know, whatever hap- is happening in politics, not driven by the news cycle, not driven by social media, not driven by anger or fear or worry or frustration, but by the peace of Christ ruling as we make the walk and talk of Jesus normal for us, 
clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, we, we face change in such a different and conspicuous way from anyone else on the planet. This might not erase the change that you're experiencing or expecting or hoping for, but that's not the goal to begin with. It's not to get rid of stuff. It's not to just push past it. It's not to wish to go back. The goal is to be more like Jesus, regardless of what is happening around us, and keeping our minds set on the things above, keep the things that are in below in perspective. We do that through letting the teachings of Jesus be alive and active among us, celebrating who God is with gratitude and approaching what we say and what we do in the same way we know Jesus would approach those things. We draw closer to who God created us to be when we move forward with our minds fixed on who Jesus is. And that's, that is the change that matters in our lives. As Paul describes this difference between the old life that Christians in Colossae have been saved from and the new life that they now enjoy or are called to, there's a story in the Old Testament that I can't help think about. And some of you maybe remember the story of Lot's wife who looks back. Um, there's a couple different things that you can read in the Old Testament that will kind of give you some background for the story. Genesis chapter 19 is one of them, uh, but Ezekiel chapter 16 is another. And I'll just read the passage uh, for you. In Genesis chapter 19, Lot and his family have been called to leave the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you guys have probably heard of this before, even if you're not familiar with, with this uh, town. Essentially, God is saying, hey, I'm going I'm to destroy these cities uh, because of their sin. Um, and again, read, read through some of the context in the Old Testament for this too to understand what's happening. Uh, in verse 25 of Genesis chapter 19, thus God overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Um, a lot of things that we could talk about here, like why is Sodom and Gomorrah? Why did God destroy him this way? Uh, is this a picture for us of how destructive sin really is in our life? And why it matters that Jesus changes us from this. Uh, yes, all of those things are true. But the imagery, to me, that is so powerful in this passage, especially reading through Colossians, is the fact that even though, even though she knew all the things in her past behind her were destructive and destroyed and being a done, done away with, she still couldn't just help but look back. Um, Knowing all of this, Lot's wife looks back longingly for the past life she's leaving behind. All because of her thinking, the way that she's approaching, she, she just couldn't conceive of something different. And ultimately, she couldn't conceive of something better. That, that God was offering something far better than what she had been holding on to in her life. And there's a lesson that we learn from that one turn of the head. Don't, don't get so caught up in looking backward that you miss up miss out on the freedom of moving forward that, in life that we have with Jesus. That, that so much of the change that God calls us to in Christ is, um, is a freedom for the things that, that we were enslaved by and, and chained by in the former life before him. Change brings about new ways to grow, new ways to serve, new ways to share the perspective we have with minds set on things above, not on things below. This is living with the knowledge that the best is yet to come and that we can live within that perspective now. You know, the normal response to the follower of Jesus to things that change and things that are different is, is, to, um, is to be at peace and, and to be content and to, and to know that, that God is taking care of the best that is yet to come. 
All of us could use more compassion, more kindness, more humility, more gentleness and patience and forgiveness and being unified in love. And those things are possible if we're focusing on the change that Jesus makes on us. And so very practically, uh, just, just a couple things. Um, you know, there's, there's no secret sauce to this. Uh, it's, it's very simple in how we incorporate these things into our life. And uh, these are just reminders. There's things that we talk about all the time, but I think moving into a new year, these are great reminders. There aren't shortcuts to these, um, but we know the end result will be new life when we incorporate these, these, these changes uh, for, for ourselves. Uh, for, the first is just reading the Bible. If we want to have the type of life that Paul describes as followers of Jesus, uh, the way that Jesus lives his life, you've got to know what he's, he has to say. Um, reading the Bible is the number one predictor of spiritual maturity. Um, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't come any other way. Now, I, I mean, whether or not you're listening to the, an audio version or reading a paper version or on a Kindle or whatever it is, it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter, but it does matter whether or not you read and, and whether or not, and whether or not you're, you're allowing uh, what God teaches us to be in your heart and mind. Now, the second is prayer. There's no substitute with, uh, substitution with communication with God. And that's, that's, some of that is us talking, uh, but at least half of that should be us listening as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a conversation. It's communication. It's communion with God. Uh, and we've got to give him a word, uh, get him a, a word in edgewise uh, in our lives. When we communicate with those who we love, uh, who we love uh, and particularly the one who we love most and the one who loves us most, we're drawn more closely in tune with God's heart and with God's mind. Uh, the third thing is just gathering together religiously with fellow believers. If we are not in community with people who are changed by the gospel, um, we are not going to live changed lives. It's just one of the things that we do. We pick up on the habits and we pick up on um, the language and we pick up on uh, the attitude and we pick up on the actions by the people that we spend time with. And if we're not spending time with the people of God, we're not going to be acting like or living like or be changed uh, like the people of God. And the last thing, um, the last thing, again, there's no substitution for these things. These are just basic, simple things that we're called to as followers of Jesus is serving others. Whether it's in, living, uh, in loving our neighbors or even our enemies, when we put into practice uh, the way in which Jesus interacted with other people and how he viewed other people, whether it's the washing of the feet of his disciples or going out of his way to heal uh, someone who's a member of a family for an enemy, uh, when we serve, we're going out of our way to make Jesus our way. And there's no substitute to these changes that we can make. Uh, we're not talking about New Year's resolutions here. We're talking about the regular, healthy, changed life habits of people who've been changed by Jesus uh, that we participate in steadily, even as life changes around us. It's changing our thinking on foundational truth. Without these, we'll certainly change, just not in the ways that we want to or with results that we will appreciate later in life. And when we make these things normal in the course of our everyday lives, we become more and more who God created us to be from the beginning, despite what threatens to throw us off, off course. Those of us who have been changed by Jesus, um, we're more prepped for change than anyone else. Every week at Velocity, we, uh, we recognize this change and we acknowledge this change by what Jesus has done for us. Uh, and we do that through taking communion together. And we've got a couple different tables around the room and we have a couple of cups stacked together with a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice, which represents Jesus' broken body and his shed blood. And we, we do this uh, to remind ourselves of the change that we have undergo undergone. It's not just a temporary change, it's an eternal change. 
Uh, and it's because uh, Jesus has defeated sin and death and that uh, we know we look forward to an ultimate resurrection that he, uh, that he calls us to. So let's share in that time together now. I'm going to pray, and then uh, you can get up and participate in the, in the time of communion together. God, we thank you for the opportunity to worship, to uh, kind of end this year and start off the next with a, uh, hopefully a, a renewed way of thinking about how we are called to relate to you, uh, what you have done for us, and, uh, and just, just what we're meant to do with our, with our lives. God, we thank you for uh, the change from the former life that you have brought into our current life. And God, thank you for that not just being something that we have to wait for, but something that can start right now. We praise you. We praise you for what Jesus has done for us and continues to do uh, with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.